0: Here we go. Uh, Real quick, Craig, have you ever listened to the to the show at
1: all? Uh, sparingly, and I, you know, I haven't really had a chance to. I work a lot during the day now, right now, so no, I'm just doing scary, a, That's cool. Yeah, yeah, it's
2: horrible. Don't. <laughs> you are listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the Pro Sound Web Podcast Network. Signal to Noise is supported by Audix. Check out their new line of Pro Studio headphones and the A131 and the A133 Large Diaphragm Studio Condenser Mics at AudixUSA.com. Oh, great. Uh, uh, Where'd I put it? Oh, yeah. Alan and Heath has asked us to read the following. Uh, uh, Where'd I put it? I hope it's not in my email. He knows I don't check my email. Oh, here it is. A math problem. If a train leaves the station at 115 going 25 miles per hour and a plane flies in the opposite direction at the same time going 500 miles an hour, uh, can I get more bass in my monitor?
3: Welcome back to the Signal and Noise Podcast, the Web Podcast Network. My name is Michael Lawrence. I'm going to do the full intro, guys. I'm going to do the full one. I'm the technical (laughs) editor of Pro Sound Web and Live Sound International. (laughs) And as always, I'm joined by my co-host. Wait, hold on. Don't don't skip over the
0: fact that you work at Rational, too. Like, come on.
3: What? It's not part
0: of the podcast, though. What does it matter? Where you work? I work in a lot
3: of places. All right. Kyle Kyle Turnside. Hi. Hello. Kyle works at uh, Home Depot. If we're going to do this, we're going to go through. (laughs) Yeah. I'm Chris Leonard of IMS Technology Services. Hey, you got it right this time. That's good. Yeah. Okay. So we're all here now. And, uh, all right, fellas. So what, what do you have? Chris, what do you got in arm's length? Arms What's the coolest length. coolest thing
0: with an arm's length to you? So I was cleaning out my, uh, my closet yesterday.
3: <laughs> I
0: have the indentured server paperwork from when my ancestors came over in 1806. Whoa. Um, Yeah, so he had to serve um, 15 years. Um, so basically my, my, uh, my ancestors, so this is mother and father and a five-year-old son. They signed over their five-year-old son as an indentured servant. He had to serve 15 years. That was how they paid for their passage from Switzerland over to the U S um, he worked on for 15 years on his uh, farm in New Jersey. And so this talks about like how the farmer that he signed over to, and that at the end of that 10 year that he had to have uh, two years of schooling. Um and that he got two suits, one of which had to be new, um, and some <laughs> some and twenty dollars uh, of that's, that, 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 that's the, the paperwork. Wow, so. that
3: is that's way cooler than uh, what what's the year on that? Uh eighteen oh six I think. Wow, that is really um, neat. Yeah. Kyle, somewhere. what's the coolest thing you have with an arm's length? Probably not uh, that cool. Uh,
2: went to Goodwill and got this um painting of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> It's similar. <laughs> I,
0: uh, I mean, how much, how can I how much
2: was that? service? kind up. of like an <laughs> time. How can I even do that? <laughs> I can't even do that. <laughs> Hold on. What else can I grab? Uh,
3: well, while you're, while you're off doing that... Um,
2: um, run well, from Run DMC.
3: Okay. Um, wh- okay. <clears throat> Before we get too far deep into this, I want to say we are, of course, coming up on our 100th episode. We are going to have a great time. Wait, wait, wait. We are what, going to... Hold wait, Nope, nope, stop, what? stop. You what? didn't participate. What's in our place to I thought he was still digging around for stuff. Oh, no. Okay, I have I have this very small soda can, and I know the listeners can't see this, but it's probably an inch and a half scale soda can that Jeff Hawley sent me uh, in a care package. It's perfect size for my parrot, um, so that kind of sits here on my desk <laughs> while I work. Um, all right. Back to business. 100th episode's coming up. It's going to be a real big time. We have an exclusive uh, music performance by Mike Green. He's going to do some songs for us, uh, including <coughs> a brand new original song, and he's never premiered before. Awesome. So apparently we rank, which is pretty cool. Awesome. Um, and we got some awesome giveaways. Let's talk about these giveaways. We have uh, a amazing mic bundle from Audix, right? So you're going to get uh 2 ADX 51 pencil condenser mics which are those are popular for drum overheads and stuff uh i5 dynamic mic which i'm a big fan of d6 kick mic huge fan of that mic and i like i A33. like the d6 coffee mug they have can that be part of the package so cool <laughs> A3, you, you don't you don't win the package chris it's somebody oh, else a third one is an a133 large diaphragm studio condenser mic and a pair of A one hundred and fifty Studio Reference headphones, which are the, the cans that we use a lot here on the show, and I, I really like them, uh, you know. And and they they're, they sound really darn good. I like them. Um, also, you can win an Allen and Heath SQ five mixing console. Pretty crazy. Uh, a... I want that. No, just change I want, it. want that. <laughs> Jeez, That's,
0: Craig. Uh, <laughs> Craig, if you go to signalsandnoisepodcast and enter your name in, yep. then
3: you might win
1: it. I'm eligible. Yeah, yeah. can Everybody I can it. I enter as many it times as I like? It.
3: Well, don't do that because then I have to go through and delete them all. So no, just damn no it. Reference. But uh So eligible to win <laughs> a copy of the Audio Expert by Ethan Weiner, technical edit by yours truly. I want to win, uh, Kyle. Signed. Oh, <laughs> signed <laughs> by Ethan Weiner, um, and. Also, a uh, download of the album Restart by Mike Green and a Mike Green t shirt and a signed copy of <coughs> so some really cool prizes. Head on over to signalnoisepodcast.com and click the button, enter. It's going to be a good time. Uh, and of course, thanks to our sponsors for, for setting up those prizes. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, so, awesome. what,
2: what happened to the thing where you were going to give away a date and co- go clean a house? You should do that. Uh, give away a date that people tune their PA form. So that house, not, not like their home. Yeah. That'd be a cool thing, man. Hey, one of us will fly out to your show and tune your PA. Well, no, we'll hold on. That's, that's if night.
0: you support us on Patreon for $5,000 a month. We'll yeah, – no, yeah. oh, yeah.
3: <laughs> one, one of us will tune. You don't know who's going to come tune your PA, and you're going to get drastically different results depending on who shows up. So that's not <laughs> fun. Um, our, our our guest on this episode is my great friend, uh, Craig Boz-Porter. Um, yep, welcome to the show, Craig. Thank you for having me. Craig, you. Thank Craig you, thank has you. been uh, mixing. Uh, Craig, how long have you been mixing? You said 1988 you
1: started mixing, right? Eighty eight. I started mixing locally, started hitting the road in about 91 and uh, internationally, probably in 94. I think it was the first. So I
3: was five for context. Right? <laughs> uh, Craig uh, has mixed a bunch of artists, Megadeth, Lamb of God, Machine Head, Hatebreed, Breaking Benjamin. I'm a big fan of Breaking Benjamin. Papa Roach, Seether, Seven Dust, Extreme, Rat, and most recently, uh, Jason Bonham, Led Zeppelin Experience, uh, Body Count featuring Ice-T and Tanya Tucker. And I have had... Uh, the pleasure of hanging out with Craig both at the Jason Bonham show and the Tanny Tucker show. We had a lot of fun. We're going to talk about good that tonight. Times. Uh, Craig, thanks for being on the show, man. It's good to have you here, good. dude. Thank you
1: guys for having me. Great to uh, be here. You're you're joining us from Nashville, right? Correct. Yeah, That's we're cool. watching uh, we're watching hurricane weather right now. Is what we're doing. Really, we got some really bad. Yeah, man, we had some really bad rain. So we're in the second part of that, and then it's going to hit us again about uh, eleven o'clock tonight. So. Perfect. You just well, put the podcast in there right in between. <laughs> exactly. I won't I lo- I shouldn't lose Wi Fi right during this. <laughs> so
3: so here's where I want to jump in, Craig. I mean, you've yep. been doing this for I mean, quite literally as long as I've been alive, and yet you are always learning stuff. You're you're taking courses and you're getting trained and I mean you call me up and we talk about you know, drum sounds and mic technique, and you are always saying like how can I improve, how can I learn new tricks? And I think that's really cool, man. So like what drives you to keep improving your skill set
1: I love what I do I there's nothing in this world that I enjoy more than the drop of the lights and me hitting that intro when the hair stands up on my arms even after all these years you know and then that first note you know that that count off into that first note and it's just when you know you're in the pocket and you feel it there's nothing like it man it's as good as sex if not better if you ask me but that's my opinion, <laughs> you know, but but and, and, and I mean, the other thing is, too, what the, the really keeps me going is the technology, the changes that have happened over the years. I mean, believe me, I fucking did not want to go digital, did not. And we talked about that sounds of the underground tour, Billy Head was who convinced me to not have an H3000 mm-hmm. in front of house mm-hmm. and have a Digico SD5. So I was like, well the fucker, as soon as this thing goes down, that H3 is coming to me. <laughs> you know, figure out what you can do for these twelve bands on your own. I don't give a shit. So uh, you know, and, and I'll be honest with you. Uh it, it took me a minute, but you know, I came around. Um I still I still try to mix even digitally, you know, is minimal. Less is less is more. Um uh, try to stay as analog as I can, DSP, now, I did get into that, I did get into that, oh my god, I've got all these plugins, and I can do all this shit, and I can get this chain going, and I can sidechain this to the fucking thing over here, and bring it back to this, to a subgroup, and blah, blah, blah. And I lost myself, and it got weird. And I didn't like that. So for me, I experimented with that because it was where everything was going, but I brought myself back to the the you know my roots, let's say now there are a couple of bands don't get me wrong where I do have to get a little crazy with some plugins, but I have some basic ones that I like to use, but it's also about just staying current man you know these kids are coming out of schools left and right, you know, and they're learning all the shit that I'm having to keep up with you know like I, they didn't have computers when I was in high school. <laughs> I'm just telling you. So like, like, straight up, no shit. When I started doing this as a tour manager, I had handwritten books, bro. Handwritten books, and we would go to the Flying J every night after a show, and Take we would I Take would call shit. the numbers, yep, and call the numbers in on a fucking payphone and leave them on an answering machine and fax the merch numbers wow. in. Wow. That's where I come from. You know what I'm saying? So me coming into this world was a huge well, thing. I, well. And I'm not the most technical dude in the world. I'll tell you straight out right now. You know, I'm not. And that's why I continuously ask questions. And that's why I continuously take courses. And I'm not afraid to ask a younger dude some technical shit that I don't know. Because you know what? That dude might actually be able to teach me something or a trick that I can adapt to what I'm already doing or bring into my world. You know, so why would I not want that? Not only that, if you, if you stop learning, just stop. Yeah. yeah. Just stop. Stop and get out of my business. Go away so that I can go past you and you're not holding me back you know well, that's
0: pretty much podcast over that's it that's, yeah, so, that's, <laughs> yep that's <laughs> no, uh, it with the, no. you're
3: you're you're, a, you're a, like an internalizer though because like you know so the, you know the SD5 great example right so like you're like all right let me see what this thing can do and mm-hmm. once i learn what this tool can do now let me figure out what parts of that are appropriate for what i'm trying to do right and i mean we had the same conversation when you you started getting into you want to take the smart class Yes, it was. Let's learn what this software can do. And then, I mean, we talked a lot about, Okay, well, what do you need it to do? You know, it does a bunch of stuff, but you're looking for very specific things. Yeah. So let me grab little bits out of the capability of these tools and make them work for me. And I think that's really cool, man.
1: Well, I mean, why wouldn't you? Why, Why would you? You know, you don't have to know everything. Right. You don't. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to overextend yourself. I don't know every digital console. I couldn't tell you what half the plugins that are out there do. I've like I said, I'm not that guy. I'm a hands-on guy. And we've talked about this many times. You know, even like with the smart stuff. You we, we've had conversations about it, but until I got my shit right. and I was able to sit and look and actually mess with it while we were talking. And while we were going through courses, I was listening to what was going on, and I was looking at things, but I didn't have, like, speakers at that time. I remember, I was still building everything. So once I did get that, I was lucky enough to have Carter come over. Carter Hasbrook, by the way, if anybody's wondering. And Carter came over, and we sat down, and we, we laid it out the way I wanted it. He helped me do everything the way I wanted it, and we saved everything. And I was lucky enough uh, at the end of October last year to have a Tanya drive-in show so I was able to actually put the rig to work which I was very excited about and what a wonderful thing that was on that day by the way let me tell you because it was an older EAW rig and I had about half of the PA that I needed in the, in the area that I was covering. Um, we made makeshift delays out of like some double 18s with speakers on sticks, and about halfway back, you know, we did zones up front just to get coverage. It was, we, we did a lot of work, and Carter and I spent about two hours on that shit uh, just to get it right. But the show sounded great. And I gotta be honest, I don't think it would have been as tight. Sounding, if we wouldn't have had that rig, do you know what I mean? I could do some, I, you know, and and before I got the smart rig, and I'm I'm still, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm the greatest at it, but I'm pretty good at being able to listen to a rig, and tell you what I'm hearing, and I can tell you where there's there's such lacking, versus where it's overbearing. I had a guy at a festival in Germany about six years, well, no, about eight years ago, I was with Papa Roach. And we're standing there, and he had stereo left and right, everything subs, the whole nine yards. And <clears throat> I kept telling him the subs were off. The subs were off, and he was—he kept telling me I was crazy. And he, no, no, I set this up. It's been like this all week. I'm telling you, your subs are not right. I'm getting more out of the left side than the right side. Oh, really? How much? I said I would tell you approximately two dB. He sure as shit walked out there, measured it, and it was two point two dB. <laughs> he came back and apologized to me, and he remembered me three years later when I came back and brought that all that up. You know, so I mean, I'm fortunate enough. What I'm getting to with that is, I'm fortunate enough with after all these years as well to be able to have the hearing retention that I've, I've kept, and that I that I I wear earplugs all the time. If I if I'm in, if I'm in the room and there's another band playing. Or even in between bands, I'm usually wearing earplugs because, you know, I don't want that. You know, I mean, I've I've lost a little bit on the top end as everybody does over the years. I'm 53 now, you know, but uh, my my hearing tests are pretty consistent and they're pretty damn good for for the for all the years of my metal <laughs> <saying> that, <laughs> history
0: with with acts like Megadeth yeah. and Machine <laughs> Head. I mean, that's not a, a small feat to still have. Yeah, what
2: yeah would... in a 500 cap room is probably way louder than Megadeth in an arena. Absolutely, just on stage,
1: just on yeah, stage, you know. So, so
3: I got to ask this, and Tanya Tanya Tucker kind of a. It's kind of an outlier on that hold list up, for hold up, the I, genre. Well, why well, why well, we get
2: we... Away from
1: metal already? No. <laughs> so
2: so from it. I'm this, talking about it right now. We'll be listening back on in a minute. No, so Michael so, so <laughs> sent
0: this list over. And what I love playing the game of when we look at the artists that people work with is, like, one of these is not like the other. <laughs> and that was what <laughs> I wanted to say about the Tanya Tucker, or uh, Tanya Tucker, sorry. Um, Tanya. Uh, Tanya Tucker. Like, uh, you know, it's pretty much a straight-up metal list, and then this, you know... Dolly Parton-esque, country-style act, you know, that's Mm got to be such a departure from what you're used to.
1: It is, and and I'll be honest with you, um, the funny part about it is is she's managed by um, a friend of mine who I've known since he was a young boy, Uh, his dad. Gary Garner, Gaza, who worked with Slipknot for many, 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 many years as a production manager, is one of the people that I learned from coming up and I respect very much. And uh, James, his son, is Tanya's manager. And last year I get a phone call, or I get a, I get a DM, that's what it was, a Facebook DM. He's like, hey, mate, what you got going on? They're English, of course. What you got going <laughs> on for 2020? And I'm like, I'm like... I'm like, hey, man, what's going on? I talked to you and I was like, not much. What's going on? He goes, Tanya Tucker. And I was like, fuck yeah. What's the deal? <laughs> I mean, because here's, here's, the, here's the thing. You know, I, I'm used to touring for nine to 11 months a year. In metal. You know, that's and, and nobody has, you know, retainers or pays salaries. So you've you, you got to work. You've got to work to make money. And I've been doing that. I've done that for a long time. And like I was saying, I'm 53. I became a grandfather last summer. Congratulations. You know, I I thank you very much. I don't want to work fucking 11 months anymore. I would love the fact that I am now on salary with T. Well, not right now. Of course, nobody's on salary. But when we work, I'm on salary with her. And she tours rock and roll, man. We do like 250 shows a year. We were lauded for 250 shows last year before the, before the pandemic hit, you know, and that all just went from 2020, boom, to 2021. So we lost like, I think a handful of shows, but they've already been filmed. So it's, it's, it's not, you know, and the, the cool thing is, and what I really, really love about mixing for her is first of all, she's an icon and her voice now and Michael will tell you.
3: Man, she sounds great still, dude. Incredible! And what, a, what a great show. Great band. It was just a, the crowd loved it. That was that was a great time, man. I really enjoyed myself. It, it, it.
1: It's just, and it's such a great. It's such a. It's so fun to mix because there's air in between notes. Yeah. It's not metal. You know what I'm saying? Like we have a six piece band. I've got two utility guys. For fuck's sake. You know, and, and two backup singers, a, a girl backup singers, but my, everybody in my band sings. So I've got eight backing vocals in addition to her, you know, and it's just, it is, it's a complete departure from metal and I've just been enjoying the shit out of it and it's, it allows me, I have more home time. I'm able to hang out with my granddaughter, my wife, my dogs, you know, it's just, and that that's big for me right now. You know, and if I can maintain that, that's great. Ice doesn't tour, you know, heavy with body count, um, but there isn't the new record is out and the plan is to hit it pretty hard. So um, we'll see what happens there. You know, Jason, I don't know what he's going to do anytime soon. That's another departure for me as well to mixing Zeppelin. You know, Michael was there for that too, and it—you know—that's something that was a completely different approach for me because I had to go back to sixties with them. Because so
3: funny story about that—we were—I yeah. won't say where we were, uh, but it's, it's a difficult <laughs> venue, um, yeah. and you know, it, it's near my house, so a lot of times I'm out there seeing whoever's yes. in town that week, and and a lot of people struggle in that room. Um, the the sub behavior is is unpleasant. Shall we so say so bad. So there was this like really terrible forty five hertz thing happening, and um, you know, it, I'm watching Yak and and Carter just just fight it, you know, and and then it was just one of those days <laughs> they're just fighting it, and uh, you're like, you know what, man, turn the subs off. I don't need them. You're like, there's nothing under fifty hertz on those Zeppelin records anyway. I don't need to turn this shit off. Like, <laughs> yep, <laughs> just
1: uh, just turn the, just turn the fucking shit man. off. <laughs> and it was fine it was fine you know it just and there's really not and i mean even like the kick drum you know like jason told me what he wanted to hear out of that kit what i mean we went through the the evolution of the bonjo drum kits the different sizes the mics everything
3: probably the most iconic rock drum sound of all time
1: and you know I, I, mean? I and i was tasked with his son right telling me what he wanted to hear so There you go, you know, and I was amazing time learning that and being able to do that gates were non-existent on that kit. And, you know, that 24 by 16 kick drum with a beta 52 inside sealed heads. Oh, wow. Yeah. So go there with me. So I'm
0: I'm curious. (laughs) I haven't seen um, that show are they, is their goal, like, so we always talk about, like, what's the discussion with the artist in terms of what's your approach on the show? Is it album-based or whatever? Are no. they trying to recreate the no. record and that's just what it is? No. Or?
1: Nope. We, have, we do not do any record cuts. Everything is done from everything recorded live by Zeppelin, um, from anything from 75, 76, 77, and 79. And Jason would call it out what version he wanted so it wasn't like you just could mix a show i had to know the different live vocal cues guitar shit drum fills all that stuff it was all different you know and 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 none of it is like the records at all it's all all the live versions are completely different so it was and that was another thing that was great you know and it we had two days of rehearsals. That was it, and I had Jason for about a, about two hours for those rehearsals, and then it was let's go hit the road. And I, you know, one one conversation as well during that time, and so he told me what he wanted. He let me hear in my headphones what I what he wanted to hear, and I just built that, you know, and went for it. You know, Jimmy's guy, Mr. Jimmy, he plays exactly the same rig. It's it's. Marshall JCM 800s with the high watt and we have, you know, the, the, the acoustic setup is the same. We have the old custom rig for our bass player, you know, it's, it's all very much what it, what they played, you know, guitars, everything is exactly what they had. And it was up to me and our techs to make sure that that representation was kept at the highest level. Because for him, it's honoring his dad. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's not a tribute band in any way, shape, or form. Mm. It's honoring his father. You know, and in a normal setting, with uh, his, we would have a massive video wall, and he would have all this trilogy going on of him as a boy, showing him with his dad up to the time of his dad's passing and the whole, you know, anthology of Led Zeppelin until it was finished and all that kind of stuff, so... Lot goes into it, you know, and then but again that's a huge departure, just like Tanya was for me from the metal. So yeah, that was it was something I had to settle into. Drum sound, first thing. Had to lose a little bit of the five K. Had, had to reel that back in, you know, soften things up a little bit, get used to the white coated heads versus the pinstripes, things like that. You know, so there 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 is. There's a there's a there's a little bit of a, a d- adaptation, I guess and and just but keeping it your own, that's the one thing I, I, I tried to do above and beyond is keep it me, my mix, you know, distinctive.
0: yep. So you know, speaking of drums, one of the things I wanted to talk about, given the list of metal acts, um, I want to talk about triggers. Um, hate them especially I
1: hate them. you <laughs> just fucking hate'. Em. <laughs> I fucking hate I hate them but <laughs> fucking I'm hate them
0: positive in this list of acts there had to have been unfortunately yes yes so but all right, so I want to get But into they they
1: they were, they were never saying they were never just triggers it was always blended
0: well I, that's where Fingers. I wanted to go was a so um what were some of the trickle samples like I know at least in a lot of this metal stuff. It's all attack, you know, um, and so that's half the reason why we have Triggers. So you have this, you know, double pedal kick, you know, you got to have all that click going on. So talk about what your experience was with Triggers, how that blend actually works with some
1: of the live mics. You know, (sighs) Triggers. Um, So (laughs) I've triggered you. Here's the deal as far as I'm concerned with Triggers. Um, You know, if your drums are tuned properly, and your drummer is solid you should be able to get your drums in the mix no matter how fast it's played just like they tried to tell me when i was doing morbid angel oh you could you can't get a bass in in death metal it's all guitars and kick drums bullshit i work the bass in every time it's you can do it you might it might take a little work but you can do it So, yes, I've dealt with triggers over the years. Um, Machine Head was triggered kick drums and toms and snare when I got there and I got them off. I got Dave off the trigger toms and snare just onto the kick drums, but I blended those with 91s. Uh, It was about a 70-30 blend mic to trigger, to be quite honest. Because Dave's a solid drummer, and he didn't need all that shit, and it actually made him play better. He told me that. Because he had to be more aware, mm. and you know what I'm saying, yeah. and more accurate, things like that. And you know, just like you know, it, some guys need it, some guys don't. Um, you know, I, I, I if you have, I, I don't have an issue with blending a 91 and a 6 and getting enough attack out of a kick drum to to be able to hit it at 250 BPM. I don't, and I've proved that over the years. Some guys rely on that; they're they it's a crutch for them. They don't feel comfortable unless they have it. Um, you know, if a guy needs that and and he wants that, then keep keep it in the ears or keep it on stage. You know, I, I, I I'll take it out front, but don't expect me to use it yeah. unless I absolutely need it.
0: I'm curious because you probably have a better perspective on this than many who are around now when did the influence of triggers come in and what influenced that so was that artist driven was that front of house engineer driven what what drove it to the point where like hey we have to use triggers what because uh, you were you know, I, I imagine early. yeah
1: no kyle's oh, right wow. it, it was death metal death metal brought it into play i mean gene we, Hoglan. well him pete hamora i mean uh oh, yeah. pete, pete sandoval pete amora uh um, I mean, gene well and
3: fly, right that's Well, it it all
1: came down to drum replacement too, because it was easier to replace triggers than it was to replace real drum sounds. Because if somebody's feet got flubby or their or or their hands, uh, you know, if they if they have the whole kit triggered, you can. It's easier to fix that than it is. You know, I mean, and so so it's it. That's what I and I guess that's kind of what I mean. Some guys use it as a crutch, versus some guys use it as an instrument. Mm -hmm. If it's used properly, Vinnie Paul used it properly. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. His yeah. kit didn't sound like a bunch of fucking triggers. They sounded like cannons. Yeah. so like, you know what you don't exactly. It. And that's the whole. That's and that's the point. If you're if you're if it's a signature sound like VPs or like Dave's was at the time with Machine Head, that's one thing. If you're doing it just to so it it makes you feel better about yourself. Maybe go back and revisit your feet, put some weight put some ankle weights on, and tighten up your pedals I, I I don't know I don't know what to tell you you know I mean i'll I'll happily use them for an artist that wants them. no problem, but if I can achieve what I need without them, then I'm gonna do that on my end.
0: so can we do it just for anyone who you know we have a lot of younger listeners, I want to make sure people understand when we're talking mm-hmm. triggers um what that means so can you just talk about maybe what that means where the how it gets triggered what it's getting sampled from traditionally just so for people who, who may not know
1: well normally the <laughs> beginning with 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 the akai when we used to drop samples into fuck uh, yeah well yeah vince, vince had them and then and then that was the thing for a long time and remember when simmons drums came into play that was just, that was the ruination of all of it. Uh, that's when Triggers became really popular in other music, uh, when Simmons Pads came out. Um, but Triggers, basically, I, I mean, Triggers, I, I, I've chosen not to learn as much as possible about Triggers over the years. So I really, this is going to be my, my experience with Triggers. Um, there's a head that produces samples, sounds, and you can tap through and you can go up and down. And you can find one that you think sounds like a kick drum or a snare or a tom. Dog bark. And then, or and a clap or, or, or a window breaking or whatever you feel the need to have. And you can assign that to a channel and you can take a quarter inch cable to quarter inch cable or XLR and you can mount your trigger on the drum shell and it's on the head, it attaches to the head and the shell and you don't want to crank it down because then it's too tight and it won't work properly so then you've got that going for you too (laughs) with triggers. Um, Or if it gets turned sideways because it's too loose and it doesn't connect properly and you'd misfires or it double triggers or just generally fucks up and you have to replace it um but anyway so you got so you've got the module that produces the sounds and you've got your you your assignable channels your outputs you assign your outputs to what you want going where then you have your cables that go to the triggers themselves that are mounted on the drums um and then you sit there and you listen to your triggers and you tweak them until you hope they sound worth a shit and that's my experience with triggers, <laughs> and then you turn them off and you put the mics on. And <laughs> everything's all better.
2: <laughs> I remember watching people come to clubs with the Alisis little head unit, and yeah. they go to a Radio Shack and buy the little piezo triggers and solder the leads to the the quarter inch oh coming dear. in, yeah. and. Watching the drummer and the tech and everybody go through the sensitivity was one of the most powerful things (laughs) ever in the entire world, was watching drum techs try to set the sensitivity on those things, because it was
1: was harsh. I'm sure you also ran into drummers without techs that have no idea how to fucking operate the thing, and they ask you to do it. And you're just like, what? What do you mean? Hey, do you Why have, did you buy you this? have
3: 16 TRS to XLR adapters? Yeah. No, I don't it's have
2: like, no. What are you
1: talking about? <laughs> no, we won't be using that today. i <laughs> into
2: the venues, and they saw Gene or some suffocation or something yes. playing with them, and they were like, yes. oh, you don't want to use my kick triggers tonight. And you're just like, "Uh." Yeah. And then you have their dad coming up to you in the middle of the set, and they're like, those triggers sound good. And you're like, yeah, I'm not really using
1: them. <clears throat> yeah, it's because it's a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> but no i mean i mean some again like i said not really bagging on, on triggers i mean they serve a purpose for some people and and of course i'll graciously use them if an artist has them going um you know but if i can't produce something better or the what he's trying to achieve naturally i will bring that to the artist and see what thoughts are I, you,
3: the, you know what though thing. Oh, go ahead, Kyle.
2: I'm sorry. The Simmons thing is interesting that you brought up, though, because that was kind of like the New Wave kids were using exactly. Simmons, and then it spilled Neil over Pert. the pop world. Neil Pert, yeah, Neil Pert used one. He I had a Simmons it spilled kit in into pop world, harshly because oh God. all those bands in the '80s started sounding, or even the early '90s started sounding like New Wave-ish. Like yeah. it, it was, it was kind of neat. And the sounds that they were creating were directly from drum machines that were being built, like. Mm-hmm. Uh, those samples are iconic. Like I they don't are. Know anyone would go, um, oh, that Elisa's thing had some real iconic kick drum sounds. <laughs> <No. laughs>
0: I'm
1: curious. <laughs> I will second that. This.
0: So our last episode that came out, I don't know when this is going to air, was the Ryan and John, and we're talking about like Kemper's and Axe effects and things like that. So. Is there a correlation at all between using Kemper's axe effects and using triggers, or is just the guitar stuff so much more advanced? So, in other words, like if we're okay with Kemper's and axe, why aren't we okay with triggers?
1: Because of exactly what you just said. Triggers are not, they don't, they just, they're not, they do not translate to me well enough to sound like a drum. They just don't. They're off just enough. Even with the new shit that's out there, the top of the line stuff, you know, it's still off just enough. If you're using it for a special, fine, but to use it all over your kits, I don't. Unless it's something that again you're going for, I don't. see. And is way. that
0: purely because you think the the quality of response and the samples are there don't? Equal up to where we've gotten technology-wise from, like a Kemper or Axe. Oh,
1: absolutely! I, 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 think. Well, I mean, here's the th- my thing with Kemper is and Axe effects too. They sound great, and a lot of people like them. But for me, I still miss that, ooh, ooh, of a speaker. You know what yeah. I'm saying? That little, that little that you hear after the note. You still miss that. Now, the only. Close way to get that, and we did it with the Machine Head. Was we put U um, five um, U5, Avalon U fives in line, to the two compressors, and they it just kind of gave it that That's funny putting two the, the DIs thing. because because it gave me a little bit of warmth back, and that was the thing, which was what I missed, you know. So I, I don't think that I don't think that samples will ever replace organic sounds I don't I don't I don't I mean they're very close don't get me wrong I'm not saying and again not saying they don't serve a purpose they do it's just uh I'm old I guess (laughs) you know and I again again it's it's I like I I, you know my theory in the way I was taught was shit in shit out you got shit tones I can't do anything with that I can only tweak it you know a turd only goes so far until it turns white and falls apart you know, and and you know if you can, t- so so tune tune your ship properly, you know if you if you give me a well tuned kit and 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 a, and a and a really nice sounding rig, I can work with that. I I can always make that work. You know what I'm saying? It, it it's not an issue. But if you're if you're cranking the shit out of your snare head and you don't tune your bottom heads or your you know your batter heads just all beat the shit in back. You know things like that. I can't fix. that broken
3: well i think about what we talked about when we had chris mitchell on the show from Humphreys mcgee um and he said like you love know, that the, guy, the, yeah and he says uh well, if the snare sounds not working we change the snare yeah and, like <laughs> that's, that's i mean if did. you gotta
1: change exactly if you gotta change the snare change the snare but that's my whole point you know like in the afternoon we should know whether or not we have to change heads right You know, or or if tubes are going bad and we need to redo that today or whatever. You know, you you should know that before you even get to the point where you're putting shit through PA, you know. But a lot of guys, you know, they do it their way and that's how it is. And, okay, well, if you're going to be that way, then I can only do so much for you.
3: I want to talk about when you're support act, um, Mm -hmm. your working relationship with the system tech changes a little bit because you, you kind of have to work around with the headliner Wants. Now, when you have a great tech like Carter, you know, I'm, I'm sure Carter does what he can to, to keep you comfortable, but can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Well, that tour, that I mean, that tour was, I would do that tour every year for the rest of my fucking life if I could with Yak and Carter because that was the most comfortable front of house I've ever had in my career, to be quite honest with you. Uh, my initial conversations with Yak, we, you know, we talked, he turned me on to some things. I kind of changed the way I was approaching things um, to adapt to the way he did things. Um, You know, like I would never have done stereo front fills in my life. Never would have done that. Just not a thing I would have done. But, you know, he showed me things. He showed me separation and he explained things to me. So I changed some things to... On the way I do things, and now I actually got to be honest, I kind of get them off, mimic but <laughs> it works. And so, thank you, Jimmy Agabruski, I love you. Um, and Carter Hasbrook, by the way. Uh, but but so I adapted my my input or my outputs a little bit, you know, separating the fun fills and stuff like that. So Jim and I actually ran exactly the same. And he was cool with me doing that, and we had we had two separate front of house hoses. You know, it's just a changeover of the hose, and that was it. Um, it, it. And and it was it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful from day one. Like we told so many stupid dad jokes and just hung out with each other. And it wasn't like you know Jim wasn't like upset that I was in front of house at eleven thirty. I wasn't there to be in his face or in a way. I was there to hang out with my friends. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly how we did things on that tour. It was great, you know. Um, a lot of times, there are <laughs> there are tours I've done in the past where you know <clears throat> I won't name any names, but there's a very large act that uh, I was a support act for, and there was a whole lot of speakers in the in the area. It was like. Um, 48 subs, uh, I think there was 102 top boxes and 32 front fills, but this was kind of in a a different setting, but um, out of all that, I got 10 subs, 36 tops, and no fills, and had a 99 dB limit, and I got cussed by the audience people, like just the punters, nightly because of the coverage. There was just no coverage. Um, you know but I did that for a year and a half and it was awful but the everybody on the tour was great otherwise and it was a lot of fun that route but uh, yeah it was an, it was awful it was an awful audio experience for me um, you know I personally when I'm a headline like on a festival I go in as a headliner I don't care if I'm opening the show or I'm closing the show I go to front of house I do things the way I do things I hand you lines this is what I need here we go you know um, and 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 then on the reverse side when I'm the headliner I don't have restrictions I don't do things like that I, I give the support act all the freedom they need and allow them to either make good or hang themselves and the one thing with me is if you're my support act and you hang yourself you've hung yourself there's no redemption unless you can prove to me that You've learned a thing or two. I've had, I've had guys where I've gone out and I mix loud. Don't get me wrong. I mix loud. I mix proud, and I mix powerful. Not with T, but in my metal days. And you know, but there's there's a limit. There's no reason to be mixing a death metal band or a heavy metal band at 108, 110 dB in front of house. Do you know what that's doing to those people down front? You know, not let alone yourself. Um, you know, and I've had people where I've gone, Hey man, you might want to bring that down a little bit. Just be really nice about it and then give them the chance one or two nights by that third night. Well, then you might have to come down a little bit on from my side, you know, but, uh, I try to be as, I try to be as open and free, like yak, you know, I I just, he's such an open guy and, you know, he's there, he's answering questions. He's not afraid to... To talk shop with you, you know, and I love, I'm that way. I love being that way with people, you know, but you do run into some, you do run into some systems techs that uh, are very much, I'm with this guy, this is what you get as well. And that's where, when they stonewall you, that's kind of where you either got to figure out how to schmooze to get what you need, or you just you ride it, you know, and you go with it. But, uh, yeah, there's, there's, it, it's a definitely, it's, it's, it's tour to tour. It really is. It's tour to tour. I mean, you know, so you just, it's kind of like a luck of the draw, <laughs> you know, good. Carter was, Carter was, you know, the, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow on that one, to be honest with
3: you. I want to talk a little bit about, uh, when I came out to see you with Tanya, um, what a fun <laughs> venue. And, and the people there were Oof. great, but we were cramming your show into a very small space. Um, and Levon Helm Home Studios, Studios. In, in Woodstock, New York. Um, yes, There's an amazing meatball place just down the street, by the way. I know we're going to get to that, but that's when you get... You dude, told me about that. Oh, I didn't man, get to it's go. It's phenomenal. <laughs> phenomenal. But um, crazy mixed position, you know, kind of wrestling your, your CL5 up a, up a flight of stairs and... The thing that we were talking a lot about that day was that you know how does what you are hearing at mix position translate oh, everywhere else, and we yes. you know that was something that we spent a lot of time on trying to get you comfortable and and me running around like a crazy person trying to see how what you were doing is comparing you know <laughs> they had these other fill zones behind the stages and then they had so um, everyone you know is that that's obviously a challenge but you don't always have a second set of ears to run around the place no. and to listen to zones and um you know and i've said it before on the show but it's it's worth saying you know we're in a situation there where we did a little shading we a little timing on, on the system and the house mm-hmm. was great helping us do what we wanted to do with it but um no. there was a point where it was just like hey you know you've got probably an extra six db below 100 hertz that you're hearing that all of the people down on the floor level are not hearing um, yeah. and so, you know, my part of that equation is I'm going to just make you aware of that. I can't fix it for you, but
1: mm-hmm. I you know, did. But
3: you, yeah, but you, you know about it.
1: We we boosted the shit you know out of that. that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but but you know you know how it's translating, and even though I can't go in there and rehang their yeah. speakers, you can take that into account when you're mixing.
1: You know absolutely. What I mean? Well, uh, when you don't have that extra set of, set of ears, and see, for me, I, I, it's this is the other thing. Like, for me, I tour manage and production manage. So my day is pretty full to begin with. You know, um, with, with, with Body Count, I just mix. With Jason, I just mix. But with T and most of the bands that I have worked with, I've TM and Front of House or TMP and Front of House. Um, so my day is pretty stocked. So, again, a lot of time in the room is I'm limited at times, you know, so I have to rely on house guys or the the systems engineer that came with the racks and stacks or whatever. Um, and for me, a lot of times, it's uh, very important to have a, a good monitor engineer. You know, if you have a good monitor engineer who knows you.
3: And, and that's and, Kyle's <clears throat> dude, by the way, on, on Tanya, Maxie Williams.
1: Max, oh, you know, uh, Kyle, you know
3: Maxie? You tell him I said, hey, yeah, yeah. I
1: actually talked to Maxi today, uh, but yeah, we use my we use Maxi Williams and Mike Babcock, uh, is who yeah, we both use for Yeah, and I've known Mike for years, and I've known I've known Maxi for years, and so like we can, there's a very smooth transition between them, um, so it makes my life very easy. But both of them can talk for me because they know what I'm looking for. And they can get it to a point where it'll be at a certain, to a certain point when I get out front and then I'll take over from there with the systems guy and we'll fine tune from there. Now that I have the smart rig, this is going to make my life a shit ton easier as well. Because I'm going to be able to be able to see what what's going on and not have to rely on whether the systems guy that's there, been there for 32 years actually knows what the fuck's going on in his room. Don't talk about Kyle like that. <laughs> well, he's only been there for 28 years. What are you talking about? You know,
3: there's a lot of value for me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I ended up down there originally, Craig, because you called me and you said, hey, I'm thinking about getting into the smart thing. Yep. And I said, well, I'll come down and, and I'll just yep. bring a rig and we can kind of set it up and, and you can just kind of look at it while you're mixing. And so, you know, we had a conversation about let me show you some of the stuff this can do and then what what do you want to see when you're mixing? What, what what parts of this are helpful to you? Mm-hmm. And that helps me because learning what you're queuing off of when you're mixing mm-hmm. and what, what information is helpful to you um, – that helps me a lot to know that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Both as a system tech and as someone who has to train people on the software. Um, sure. So that was that was a helpful conversation for me. And then to watch you do your show and see kind of what you were looking at and, and answer your questions about it. I mean, that's an important conversation. Um, and I'm not just talking about smart. I'm talking about any kind of interaction between the, the tech and the mix engineer.
1: Oh, absolutely.
3: You know, to see what, what's important to you and what... Uh, tool set you want available to you and how I can basically get you as comfortable as, as you can be, even in a situation like that where you're not maybe as comfortable as you would be in, in a larger space.
1: Well, considering we were in a, a fucking balcony that was two 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 and a half feet deep <laughs> by six feet long. And I had people on this side of me and you had people on that side of you. And we were in the crowd, basically, yeah, in a balcony. You're
3: in, you're, you're in for the whole show. There,
1: yeah, there was no getting up, walking around, doing nothing. It held 300, was it, I think it was 300 people. It was, it was all seated. But the, there's no stage. It's just the floor area. And then behind that is another area where there were people behind the stage, and there were delays back there. And under all the balconies, I'm pretty sure there were delays, and yep. there was all kind of weird outfills, and it was two subs in the whole fucking room, flown, two fifteens. That was it. One on each side. And, and I we, did...
3: Like, second song, I go, yeah. I got, I'm sorry to everybody here, but I have to fight my way through you. I need to go walk around. <laughs> yeah. I have no fucking idea what's going on. Right <laughs>
1: there, so. I had no clue what was going on on the, on the fucking floor. If Michael wouldn't have been there, I'd have just had to been like, well, hopefully everybody's liking this shit. <laughs> I mean, like, seriously, you know, I, I, I really couldn't. Because I, I couldn't have got away from the desk and got back before the show ended. It no. was packed. Yeah. It was fucking packed. It was crazy, but it was that was such a good time. It's such a good show. I would love to do that again. I, even as packed as it was, I would love to do that again. But I think this time through, I would mix in Monitor World with Near Fields and say, fuck all that.
3: <laughs> yeah. Well, it was funny watching the house crew try to get your, your desk and your rack up the stairs, and I was just like, oh man, this is totally not, they didn't see it, coming this coming No,
1: and it's a good thing I didn't have something bigger than that CL5 in that single rack, because there's no fucking way we would have got it up there. I would have had the mix on the floor somewhere. We'll,
3: we'll use that for the photo for this episode, I think. Yeah. <laughs> kind of crammed, you're hunched over your desk, talking, nice. trying to run the show. But <laughs> uh, it was a great show, man. And, and, it was. And, and what I liked was really cool to watch, like Maxie, the whole all the whole crew try to say, all right, well, you know, our, you know, the, the 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 rack on the console, the monitor console, was so close to the guitar amp that we're getting the fan noise in the mic. So what are we going yep. do? Like to try to solve all these problems and. <clears throat> You know, obviously that's not an ideal situation when all you have all these variables come in. You know, but but to just watch everybody kind of work through that—that that was that's that's cool to see. You know.
1: Yeah. The funny part about that whole thing was was we did we put the drum plexi up, and it's the drum. Remember this? The drum sounded like absolute dog shit. And so I was so like, what the the? I'm <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I might as well have been because I, I swear to God, like they Mike started playing and I was just like, what the fuck is happening? And I started looking at my desk. I thought something was wrong. And I was just like, that's terrible. And Maxie was even like, I don't know what, what happened, but like the ears even sound fucked up. I was like, okay, I was, well, fuck it. <laughs> Shits and giggles. Take the plexi down. Took the plexi down. Completely changed the complex of the room. The only thing I was I didn't have a I didn't have the mic in the PA because the snare response in that room where we sat the kit was perfect. Yeah, the snare was yeah. It, it was, was crushing. It was I didn't even use the mic. Remember, I didn't use the yeah. mics at all. I didn't need them. So that and that's the only thing missing missing from the recording. I <laughs> 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 got ambient snare. That's it. But yeah, man, it, it was a crazy room and and definitely not definitely not easy at all you know that's
3: you know what i like to say oftentimes that you know touring for me and particularly from a system engineer point of view my job is to eliminate variables Mm -hmm. right to give you consistency Mm -hmm. um and so those are kind of like i don't want to do that show every day but you like those you like to kind of say all right how do we and you know we i mean you and i we were we tried basically everything we could think of. We were doing some shading. We were doing some timing. We were changing mics. You were going through your effects on your desk. I mean, we mm-hmm. really were kind of scratching our heads to, like, how do we get this to work? You know, and th- that's, that's a good time. Like, we started talking off at the beginning. You know, I don't, I don't need to know. Uh, I don't need to use all the tricks on this desk, but I need to know what it can do. So when I end up in a situation like this, I have a tool available to deal with it. You exactly.
1: Know? You have an A and a B plan. You know, you have a backup. You know, that's that, that that's the whole thing. Just it, it's in that room, you know, and I don't think we saved that file after the show, you know, because I did make quite a few changes. But but I mean, you know, it's what it's what it is. You adapt and, it, and it's great when you have a good friend like Michael to be there and hang out and share that experience with you because you can bounce shit off of each other and just, you know, really play with stuff. And at, the, at one point, it got to the point where we were both just like. Fuck it, what's the difference? Let's just try this. Yep. What's you know, what would you if it don't work, we just put it back. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just what's the worst thing that could happen, you know? Seriously. So yeah, that was it's just that was a that was a lot of But fun you're not afraid
3: time. to jump in and try some stuff. And I think that's an important lesson because I've worked with a lot of front of house engineers that this is what I'm doing and I'm not changing it. And so you go do something in your processing to make this work. And, you know, obviously I'm gonna do my best for you, but It's better when we can say, "Well, you know, what are our options here, and let's look at what we can do to to improve this." And you're not afraid to try some stuff. That's that's. But
1: isn't that a part of learning?
3: Absolutely.
1: And and continuing to learn, because again, like I was saying, man, you know, I've also had those days where I've gone into a, a guy's house where they do a lot of DJ shit, and they'll have this crazy processing. House of Blues in Boston. Perfect example. They had this crazy, like, high pass on their top boxes and this slope on the subs and all this weird shit. And I walked in, and it just didn't sound right. It was there with Seether, and it just didn't sound right. I didn't have the balls I was looking for. It was big gaps in the low mids. And I'm like, you got 15s flowing in here. How do you have these big, massive gaps? And he showed me his processing. And I was like, bro, (laughs) can we just take everything to factory settings and just give me my own page and let me do what I need to do. And if you're not happy and you don't like what I've done, then we'll go right back to what you need, what, what you have. And he was like, okay, man, let's, let's try it. So he did everything I needed him to do. I went through. I EQ'd the room. He checked everything. He was Everything looked good on his processing. And I had my drum tech go up and hit my kick drum. I had him hit the kick drum, and then I had him hit the kick with the two floors at the same time. And I said, now, if, if are you good with that? And he goes, man, you got headroom for days. I said, so you're good with that. <laughs> exactly. I was like, so you're saying you're saying you're cool? He's like, he's like, yeah, we're good, man. He's like, thank you so much for not being a dick, blah, blah, blah. And that's the other thing, you know, you, 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 your attitude, you know. You don't, don't be a dick. Listen. You know, I know a lot of dudes my age that don't do that. Mm-hmm. And they don't want to hear what anybody has to say, and i I mean I get it, whatever you're in your world, that's fine, but when you you know when you get your ass torched by some kid who's willing to fucking you know open his ears and shut his mouth for five minutes and learn a trick or two, and you get you get smoked on a daily basis by this kid, don't be upset about it because you you put yourself in this position mm-hmm. you know nobody made you you but you, period. So yeah, I will learn everything I can from anybody that I have any respect for. I will always ask questions, I will always try to learn.
3: Yeah. I'm thinking about the house system. Ta- I mean, th- you know, generally you're talking about this kid's whole deal is please don't smoke my PA, right? That's where he, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And, and so um it, it, that's that like really highlights the importance of like let's have a dialogue about this and and hey, if you're not comfortable, like he he's got to answer yeah. at the end of the day, right? For if you blow it up he's getting torched not you so, so yeah. that's that conversation is really important like hey you know if you're not comfortable let's talk about it and see what we can do but like and then i'm going to go like okay yeah let's see what, let's 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 see what we can do because i know that you're not hanging me out to dry now and we're going to work on it together. And that's an important thing. So, you know, it's the whole you catch more, what, you catch more flies, bees with, I don't even know it about Because
1: more, fly, more flies with sugar than you do with shit. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's yeah, okay. what it is. But, and that's just it. Like, <laughs> if I walk into somebody's house and they're telling me that they're overpowered, but they have a lacking sub, but plenty of top end, I'm not going to ask them to keep turning up the subs. I'm going to ask them to turn the top end down so we get a fucking nice little round ball of sound and we'll figure it out from there. You know, if I have to ask my guys to turn down, on stage I'll try <laughs> you know what I'm saying it's gonna happen but I'll try you know what I mean but you know so and you, you do what you got to do to make it work and make it work for everybody and I mean everybody wants to have a good show man and, I, and I, I'm not trying to smoke nobody's PA like you were saying you know it's it's not about that it's about walking out of there at the end of the night with that dude looking at me giving me a handshake maybe a hug and going I cannot wait for your ass to come back yeah yeah this was well, a that's pleasure how you know, It's
3: like you know, dude. I'm so you know, it's so good to see you again. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's 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 always you know, certain people. I know when I'm going out to tech for these people, I'm gonna have a great day. I just yeah. enjoy working with these people, you know. So, and it's just
1: gonna be a good hang. That's the other thing, you know. Exactly, you enjoy. You know, you're looking forward to that day. You know, if your boys can come out and chill, and even if it's for an hour.
3: Well, I, I imagine going down to you know to meet up with you like I did. If I had to go do a demo for a you know a, a dick. That would have been a long, miserable day. You know what I mean? That would have been a shitty day. Yeah, thank God, Kyle. Yeah. Baller, so I'm sorry. absolutely. If the, house, if the house tech was a dick, you know the house the house tech was really good. Yeah. Wow,
0: you
1: know. Sorry,
3: Kyle. I don't that, mean it. That, that could be. That could. That could turn that day into a really unpleasant experience.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And that. And that. Everybody there that day was was really really kind and and very fun and and they they knew what was going on and they the best part was his dude was very honest. He was like, look. This is a studio. We turned it into a live venue. It, You know, it's not, we've put speakers up in places. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's kind of like, well, yeah, they're there. It's, there's shit coming out of them. I promise you that. You know, it might not be hitting everybody, but somebody's hearing something. You know, and he was very honest about it. And I was like, well, I mean, you can't get angry at that.
3: No, and when you said, you know, can we turn these down, and can we turn these up, and and he was like, yep, I got you, and and he didn't try to argue with you, like, this is my room, and yep, Mm -hmm. whatever you need, he made your changes for you, and I thought you had a great show, you know? I I mean, it ended up being a
1: really, really good show, a really fun day, I was was happy with the show, I really was, you know, and and I was nervous, I truly was nervous going in there for that, you know, the beginning of the show, I was like, man, this could go... This could really go fucking bad. You know, like like real fast, you know. Yeah, it was one of those things, you know, because you know how a room just completely changes complexion with people sometimes and and it did the right thing basically, thank God, you know. So, yeah, that was a good day. It was a lot of fun.
0: So, I have Chris Leonard. I definitely have at least two questions, but Kyle, I think feel like you've been itching to to say something. I don't know if it's a fanboy question or what. We haven't had those in a while, so
2: I have several fanboy questions. But um, <laughs> one, uh, what was the first metal band you went on tour with? Label metal band.
1: The label metal band, Incantation. Yeah. <laughs> label band. The second metal band I went on tour with was Nile. Then I, then I went yeah then it was uh, I went off with Eric Rutan from uh, Morbid Angel. I started working with Morbid I did drum teching and monitors for them. Uh, I did uh, Hate a turtle for Eric for a while. Um, yeah I've worked for a lot of death metal bands in the past. I've worked for bands like uh, Symphony X as well um, you know but uh, those were the first metal bands I worked for like the Heavies. right
2: in right in the 80s too, late 80s that was late 80s that was the early 90s early 90s Mm -hmm. wow uh megadeth when did you work for them what album?
1: 2008 yeah washington is next was that it was it was later in the years um i was poached by by dave
2: my my friend super dave was doing monitors for him for a while and he said he he was a super fan of course we're all like Mm -hmm. huge, huge rust and peace fans like that album amazing like i've probably (laughs) listened to it after the show but like uh i went and saw them at the house of blues in vegas when i was there and holy cow like megadeth is still one of those shows that you just can't stop watching whether it's a a train wreck or Mm -hmm. it's just amazing it is like that's iconic i mean do you have bands like that obviously you come from a metal background were they like one of your big inspirations or who who in your touring career were you like fuck dude i'm working for uh
1: well uh, let's so yes megadeth was one of them because uh in all all honesty i'm a bigger megadeth fan than i a metallica fan um so when i got that gig i was very excited um uh unfortunately at the end of that Gigantor my dad had passed away during the tour. So at the end of that, that was kind of my end of my run with those guys. <clears throat> but it was a lot of fun. It was when James Lomenzo was in the band. Uh Chris Drover, James Lomenzo and um uh God, Chris, uh can't remember his last name. Did Guitar did
0: Nigel player. pick up that pick that up after you?
1: No, Nigel was before me okay. because I was when I was, when I was Nigel. Right, so when Nigel was on... uh, When did I fucking meet Nigel? It was was the 2006 um, Mm. Gigantor, because I was there with Lamb of God. So it was... uh, Nigel was mixing Megadeth. Okay. And I was there with Lamb of God, and then we left that to go to Unholy Alliance with Slayer. So, yeah. But Megadeth was definitely definitely a, a big hit for me. Um, I got to tour Reinventing the Steel with Pantera, which was just fucking, and I learned, that was where I learned the bulk of my everything was from the crew from hell. Those guys, Grady, Sterling, Cat, Wires. Yeah, Sonny, all those dudes, man. You know, I mean, I spent, I spent three years with those dudes and, you know, I still credit those fuckers today with... Where part where I'm at, you know, because I learned so much from those guys. So and they were so influential to me.
2: I definitely told a cat drum tech story. Like I watched him from Monitor World one night, playing stabbing playing the wedge. And
1: yeah, like stabbing the wedge. wedge <laughs> and <Yeah>. stuff. So <laughs> so what we would do was he used to have a cue wedge, right? But he would get so fucking out of hand and just fucking rail just out of his mind that he would take drumsticks and just start stabbing the fucking speakers and he would pick it up by the cable and sling it and fucking throw it. Like, it was crazy, (laughs) dude. It was, so, what what ended up happening was, oh, yeah, until he gets hammered. All day. Until he gets hammered. Showtime, it's on. Yes, all the time. But, like, it got to the point where he just had this, they, Claire would literally send out Cat's Wedge.
2: He had a wedge.
1: And it was a beat the shit wedge, man. And he would just fucking destroy that thing, just stab the shit out of it every night. (laughs) It was, it was crazy, man. That was such a good time, bro. That was a really, really good time, Chris. No,
0: I have questions before my final question. I I I, I, (laughs) know you
3: want to ask ask your questions. No, I I was talking about
0: this today. So, this is probably the most metal front of hostage and we, we've had a conversation with those singles and noise. So yeah. I want to okay. get some Thank more goodness. technical stuff in here. So let's talk vocals for a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and, and more specifically some of your people, more melodic singers, but, um, when you get to like hate breeding stuff, when you get to the, what I classify cookie monster vocal, mm-hmm. I want to talk about what do you have to do? How do you approach differently? The cookie monster growl scream, you know, vocal to it's compression. You know, how does that go?
1: Compression. It's all about compression. It's finding it's finding it's finding the frequencies in that vocal, uh, the prominent frequencies, cutting those just slightly, squashing the shit out of it, and cranking it out. And basically, where I start is I start between six and eight to one, minus five plus five, and we go from there. I do. Oh, so you're
3: hitting it pretty good then. Yeah. Yes, what about absolutely. any are, do you
1: doing? You need the reduction or because it tightens it on up. Top of oh yeah. I use a I use a, I use a doubler and a and a verb. And I'll equate the verb to the songs. I even I you know and, and this is the thing. I don't give a shit if you're growling or singing. Verb matters. It does matter. The amount of verb matters as well. And you don't you know, with Randy. Funny part with Randy with Lamb of God because he's such a pristine growler, on top of everything else, and the screams are so articulate that because he's such a smart man and he has a very good vocabulary, that with him it was a straight up doubler. I didn't even like trip it a, a you know a little bit like a, it was just a straight up one to one doubler, and I would just bring that in just to get it a little fatter because he's got that big bottom end in his vocal anyway. Cut high-pass him at about 100 hertz. That's it. Just cut him off at 100. Um, Cut him off at 100. Just find those frequencies. The peak frequencies in his vocal, and I still will never forget this, were right at 160 in the lows. Yeah, right? A <laughs> little, little little high, but, but 160 in the lows. And then in his low mids, he, he sat like right at about 540, mm-hmm. and it hung, though. So oh. I would have to give him a little dip right there. And then in his upper mids, he sat at right at about 2.7. And that's where he his voice, like, that's where the girth came from. So with that being said, with a doubler on that, and the verb, I actually used a verb that was about 1.8 second, like a medium room, you know, because it works with his voice. But I experimented with that as well till so I found what I liked and what worked with the music and wasn't too airy mm-hmm. or covered him up or, or drowned out his actual strength of that vocal, you know. Um, and when I found that, that was, that was a good thing. And then once I find everything in the pocket, then I start working that compressor to find that sweet spot for him, you know, and and that was it. That's it. And I, I again, because and and I don't do a lot with anybody. Uh, vocal chains to me are like any other chain. Uh, you know, the more shit you put in line, the more things can fuck up. And it's a break in the chain. Mm-hmm. And if you have the right tools, you shouldn't need five or six things, in my opinion. Yeah. But again, that's just me. You know, for me... You give me that. You you give me a good microphone, good gain structure, EQ, compression.
0: Do you you err more towards dynamic EQ or just straight up compression?
1: Um, A little bit of both. It's I I think they have to work hand in hand because they can kill each other. You know, you can lose a lot if you have you know compression. Compression can help you or kill you. It really can, and if you you know if you're if you're using if you're if you're really cranking it out like that, you have to have something dynamic there to carry that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Otherwise, I I think it would just not work. It would it would get lost. Yeah. So I think I think it's I think it, they go hand in hand to be quite honest. You know, but again, that's just that's just me. I know guys that are out there that. They do these lengthy vocal chains, and they sound pristine. They sound amazing. And again, I think that all goes back to the artist that you're working with as well. You know, for me, even like with T, Tanya's vocal chain isn't that big. There's a portico compressor on her and I have a doubler and a verb and I have I, I use a big verb on her it's got 30 milliseconds pre-delay on it mm. um, very airy but I, I I use a doubler on her with that and then uh, the only other thing is there's a there's a delay that's on the back side of that that's very minuscule very minute and it's just there for flavor to be quite honest yeah uh, it, it, and it's something that I like yeah that's that's why I do it in
0: context 30 milliseconds isn't Near as uh, as the same as like Josh Groban, where we we start at like fifty fifty milliseconds of pre delay, so it's all good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I'm talking yeah. about, yeah. It's it's and and it was funny with her because she has as she's gotten older, she had her voice like my, you know Michael will tell you again is incredible, and she has the range that she's always had, but she's now got that. That grit to her voice. Mm. She's 63 years old and she drinks tequila and smokes cigarettes and cusses like a sailor. And I love her. You know, she's mm. so much fun to work for. And she's a, 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 just an amazing artist and so fun to mix. And with that band behind her, it's just that show is just ah. You know, it's so much fun. It's just so much fun. Yeah. It really is. You know, but like I said with her, you know, she doesn't need much more than that. I think it all comes down to what you need for that artist. And, you know, for me over the years in metal, you don't do a, you don't you need a whole lot. You know, you, you're just trying to dress it up a little bit, more or less. So until I started doing like radio rock and when I was mixing Sabrina Carpenter, that's when I really started delving into reverbs and different chains and all that kind of shit, because that was the most pop thing I've ever done to be quite honest. You know, um, that was a lot of fun too. She had an amazing band, you know, and she's gone on to tour with Ariana Grande and all these other people too. So, you know, that, that was a, that was another departure for me from the metal, you know? So I've, I have, I've experienced all of it. Uh, pretty much, I you know, metal's where my heart's at. Of course, always will be. But I do enjoy, I do enjoy country. I really, really enjoy mixing country. Nice. Yeah. So
0: one other question in terms of the the metal scene, you know, yeah. given the yeah. lineup of artists you've worked with, I'm sure you've worked a shit ton of festivals or have had a lot of opening acts work with you. What are maybe? one or two very common mistakes you see up and coming engineers make in the metal scene with acts that they're not um yeah or just not just the acts themselves, just they're up and coming metal mixing artists. There has to be some common threads you maybe see of the of problems you see on up and coming engineers in that scene
1: as far as what their, their abilities or uh, just uh,
0: maybe their, their approach or their attack on the mix. Like, is, is there any common threads of like, Hey, they're just worth an up-and-coming artist or an up-and-coming engineer in that metal scene. Um, and like, you mentioned like the one thing where like, maybe like the instantly, like it's just, Hey, I have to be, Fucking loud, right? You know that maybe maybe that's it, or is there something else? Where hey, there's just this common thread on these up and coming. uh, A lot of
1: times with with metal, it's 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 it can be depending again how heavy the act is, the approach to what you're doing can be different, the way you approach the mix. Um, But I mean, I the biggest fuck up I see young kids doing is gain structure. They want to fucking turn that gain up and break the fucking fader to minus twenty. Why are you doing that? Unity zeros, kids, zeros. That's what those are for. Start at zero. That's why it's there. You know, but gain stru- But seriously, gain structure is, and even even guys coming out of school, uh, you know, theory is great, but application is a different monster. You know, you can, you can learn all this shit in school, but when you're in the thick of it and they there's nobody, your teachers aren't behind you to pull your ass out of that, you know, you better know what the fuck you're doing. And a lot of guys get lost in it and then they get frustrated. And when they get frustrated, that's when it goes into snowball effect and they just completely lose where they're at, what they're doing, and it just goes to shit. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. You have to step back. First of all, learn proper game structure. Learn the consoles. Then turn around and, you know, be ready to... You might not want to cut that 100 hertz out of the PA, but it's a necessary thing. Don't be afraid to lose to, to cut things, you know. To to that, that's another thing I find, guys, that they do. They'll either they're afraid to touch things, or they just fucking
3: ah. You get you know? a low shell filter and just crank it down. Just you know, just crazy and hey man
1: it but it worked exactly and i'm but i'm also not a kid out of school fucking trying to figure out what's going on i was just like i had no other options and we just went for it
3: but you know if if you understand what you're doing and you have the context of how these tools work together and what happens when i do this and, and yeah. then you know when you're in a situation you're like fuck i'm just gonna do this and, and it fixes your problem you know what I mean? Yeah,
1: so. <laughs> and, and again, if it doesn't work, you just put it back. But but like you know, but again, a, a lot of these kids, they they wouldn't know that because of the inexperience, you know. And again, like I said, it's it's it, to me, it all comes down to they they want A lot of these kids also come in like gangbusters, like they've been doing it for thirty years, and they don't want to ask questions or they don't need to ask questions, you know. And again. I'll say it if you're not asking questions and you're not learning just go away because you're not doing yourself any favors nor are you doing your band that you're working for any justice so why why are you here you know I could I could sit and listen to and talk talk this shit with you guys for hours on end, I could do this every day. You know what I'm saying? And, and I know, I know kids that wouldn't even fucking say hello to you. You know what I mean? And and just yep. do their thing. Yep. And it's like. Come on man and, and you
3: know every time we call each other it ends up being an hour and a half because we always end up talking about some nerdy thing about mixing. exactly yeah.
1: <laughs> you know but isn't that the way it's supposed to be yeah man you sure. know and that's just it and and again it goes back to what I said earlier and and when we were talking about you said you know if you've been touring for four years you know at least half the industry well if you and I said if you don't know half the industry That's because you did something or that's on you because you're not trying to know them because we're all here. And there's enough of us out here that are willing to chat and talk to you and, you know, answer your questions or try to answer your questions, you know, or or tell you, I don't fucking know. (laughs) You know, just be honest. You know, I mean, I'm just saying there's enough of us out here that we're here for you. You know, yeah, you got the raggedy assholes that don't want to fucking talk to you back, but don't be that guy. Yeah. Don't fucking be that guy. Don't become that guy. Ask questions. There are no stupid questions. Ask me twice, three times if you have to. Yeah. I don't give a shit. Yeah.
0: You know. I, so when I when I label this episode, I'm just gonna put like multiple mic drops. I think that's. what <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of sage advice, man. I dig it, Chris. You know right. we gotta let's do it. it time. Let's do it. It's All time, right. man. We didn't talk about food, but that's okay. We we we'll get you on another well, time. Well,
3: I told him about the meatball place, so we.
0: That's we true. In that box. Yeah. All right, all right, yeah. all right. Yes, so,
1: I'm a big taco and pizza guy, so I'm right there in, with you guys. Yeah, spirit. Yes, yeah right. exactly. So, throw some chicken wings in, and we're all good. <laughs>
0: so, so, Craig, yes, sir. If you could define your legacy or how you oh, would God. want to be known, how would you define that?
1: Wow. Um... I like the You know, that's the best part. And, and I, that's a good question. Um, when I go, uh, just you know, I just want people to hopefully remember me as someone they enjoy being around. Um, could make people laugh, you know, and look forward to seeing when you know I'm around. You know, I've got a lot of friends like that. I just, you know, I just want people to to. Seeming a good light, you know, and, and, you know, you don't have to think I'm a good engineer. Everybody has opinions, you know, but as a human, that's what I care about. I just want to be remembered as a good person, man. In the Love end. it. Love Big it. it. Love. Thank you.
3: So. boss thanks for being with us, man. It's been so much, it's always, it's always a blast to talk to you and, uh, and it's great having you on the show. I really appreciate it, man.
1: For any time, man, I'm so glad we finally got this happening. And, I know uh, I've been texting him for like a year. <laughs> <and he's coming laughs>